2: Hey, this is Chris Cotillo from SB Nation, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show.
1: And welcome to part two of The Jake Brown Show this week on CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and check us out on Spotify as well in the first part Of the show this week, we had special guest Saku Smith talking about the wild NBA offseason and the Kyrie Irving rumors. Was it a non-story involving him and the whole Steph Curry making fun of LeBron? And it is a non-story and the Melo deal and the trade deadline, which happened and it passed as we ended that show. And now we're going to break it down in just a little bit with Chris Catillo a UNC product and one of the youngest reporters in the game and a good friend of the man sitting to my right, Justin McMahon, friend of the program, third time on. You should be honored now. I don't think anyone's ever been on three times. Uh, I try to get Nick Wright for a third, but uh, Gruen will say, no, 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 leave him alone.
2: Uh, It is an
1: honor. So so good to see you. And it's your final days here in New York City. I'd say you did uh, some nice touristy things with your girlfriend here, Tasha Beal.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did some good stuff. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we're heading out in two days, but I'll be, I'll be hanging out with you tonight. One last hurrah. I want to see Dave Chappelle.
1: Dave Chappelle. I mean, f- I thought the tickets were like three hundred, and then I checked today, and it was a hundred for orchestra. I'm like, why not? I yeah. mean, hundred dollars to see maybe the greatest comedian, one of alive yeah. top, five, top, five, top, top five, top five, top five, top five. Yeah. Um, guests including Common, Ice Cube, and Vince Staples. I don't really care about Vince Staples. And the Roots, Roots are performing. And the Roots. I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, I would have liked to see Wheezy last night, but yeah. I saw J. Cole, and I'm surprised my voice is still here.
0: Cause I it am, was, too. It was a heck of a show. What um, happens to a radio host if he loses his voice?
1: Oh, it's happened. I mean, I've had times where I have just needed help, and you're just <laughs> struggling and breathing for air, uh, because I've only taken one or two weeks off, and obviously there's weeks where your just throat just isn't there. You know how it is. It's just... Oh, yeah. Not a hundred percent. Daily Fantasy Insider, tell us about the package you have coming up here.
0: Yeah, we've been working on our we've been working on our NFL draft product uh, for the last couple of weeks and uh, really ne- fine refining it, um, preparing all offseason, monitoring all the moves, watching film. Um, but it's really these these last few weeks and the next couple of weeks that'll really determine who's going to be getting on the field the most uh, in the first few weeks of the season and who's going to get the first shot to earn a role. Uh, and so that's kind of what we're looking into. Like we've kind of got our top 100 spots pretty much locked in at this point, but it's the sleeper picks that will show themselves uh, through preseason, but we'll be constantly updating our strategy guide, updating our rankings throughout the entire preseason, Uh, but next week, we're hoping for Monday as our launch date, we're going live with our guide. Uh, we've broken down top 150 players that we think you should consider drafting. For NFL. NFL, mm-hmm. standard, and PPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of re- really good offensive line analysis. I think that's one thing that a lot of people undervalue going into fantasy football drafts, uh, and it's going to help our DFS players playing FanDuel, DraftKings, Fantasy Draft this season. Uh, they're going to get a lot out of that, too, because the offensive line analysis, going into the depth of the offensive line, if the strength is on the right or the left side, that kind of stuff is really important. Then you look at the defensive line they're going up against that week uh, and see if they're going to be able to exploit the matchup. So uh, we've broken down all that kind of stuff. Uh, the whole thing is only going to be forty nine ninety nine, and access to it for the whole season. Uh, it, sh- it should be great. I'm really excited for it. We've been working hard on it for a long time. So it'll be fun to get going.
1: I never understand the fascination with the 99 cents. I don't sense. either. I said, let's, I said let's go
0: even. $50, and I was outvoted. You know this what? It's just
1: life. It's just make it even. Like, the penny is just <laughs> so annoying these days. Like, I couldn't agree more. And I'm from New York. Like, we will chuck the penny in your face. Like, I don't want the penny. You take it, throw it at a bum. Like, just get rid of it. I'm not, I don't want a penny. Like uh, this is not 1937. You get we, a slice of pizza, and we a penny. want
0: we would like the petty. Yeah. <laughs> think about it, it. Adds up. We sell a few thousand of them. It's a lot, but our you know the our ownership they've really voted us down. The, the rest of the exec team says you got to go 99. So we did it.
1: Dfiuniversity.com, correct? Is correct. Where you'll That's find where we'll that. Get and that. fantasy drafts are coming up. I'm gonna have a couple here in a couple of weeks, and uh, it's time. Tis the season, as they would say for fantasy, and now. You're a guy who does this every day. We've talked about in the past. We don't need to tell your story again. You've won hundred thousand. Went to the Playboy Mansion. Um, maybe saw some naked women, but we will never know because anything that happens in the Playboy Mansion stays in the Playboy Mansion. And especially with Tasha here, we don't want to give away anything that actually happened there. Um, She's very cool. Yeah, she is. We had a good summer. We went to a couple headphone parties. Always
0: a good time. Uh, you got? Did you guys go to any museums? Uh, we went to the. Oh, I went to Gulliver's Island thing, Gulliver's Gate. I don't know if I call that a museum. I don't know what that is. if I call that a museum. So not really. No. You know
1: what it is, Corson? Gulliver's Gate? No idea. We live here. We don't even know what yeah, you're talking no, about. I, Gruen took me.
0: <laughs> oh, it was Gruen. Shout
1: thing. out to Gruen. Appreciate yeah, it's that. Probably out of our budget. Out of the normal person budget. It was a Gruen <laughs> thing. Gulliver's Gate. It sounds like a pirate ship or something. Um... And you're going back to UNC and the Tar Heels, and you were there when they won the title. Now your friend, we're going to call in a couple of minutes. I like this kid because he's been grinding since he was really young. I mean, you're young as well, but this kid started at like 13. He's been putting in work
0: way longer than I have. And
1: I also want to ask him about this little beef he had with Jeff Passan on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, where they were going back and forth some amazing tweets. And I want to get his perspective on if this is an actual beef, because I love beefs. Like I'm a big beef guy. I know you Um, are. So I, I'd like to see if they're actually going at it, or this is just fun and games. But Passan took some shots at it, and Catillo might be Conor McGregor trying to get up. <laughs> so we need to figure out, get to the bottom of this. But this kid started so young, and I just remember him like reporting things at like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, before he's even allowed to watch porn, this kid's broke like a trade to the Yankees. It's like wild. Are you ever to allowed that. to watch porn? Is that a thing? Is there? Well, any- I guess is the legal age, but obviously everyone did it before. Okay, um, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, are we gonna have a porn discussion now?
0: <laughs> I no, mean, let's let's move yeah. on.
1: Uh, we had a shared computer in and my in my family, so we couldn't really. You couldn't really watch in there. It was like one of those old things. You get a virus. Right. So you'd have to go with like the HBO, like Cinemax, like the after hours. Um, but that, that's a that was that's the big a selling point port. for Mac,
0: is we don't get any viruses. <laughs> Every 16 year old kid is like all of Mac. Yeah.
1: You can't go wrong with a Mac um, for multiple reasons. But Chris is now what? How old is this kid now? But he, he's you go 21. to school with him. So he's yeah, 21.
0: So we have birthdays like a couple of weeks apart from each other. We're you, both 21. You've seen him drunk. Oh, of course. Yeah. How is he drunk? He's, a, he's fun. He's you fun. Know, he a could good be time? fun. Every now and then he gets really annoying. This, um, really? So yeah. He but is can, he like a super serious guy?
1: Like, is he on his phone, like no, checking, like, oh, this guy got designated for a sign? He's on today. his phone
0: a lot, but he's he's also not a serious guy. He jokes yeah. around a lot, um, maybe too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we can ask him about that when he comes on. But when he's doing his professional thing, he's very serious. So we should try to try to break into his college side a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: well, let's... I mean, that's why... I'm, before we talk... We're going to call him in a minute, but is there any shit talk we got to do here? Any Anything?
0: I was thinking maybe bringing that up in the middle of having him on the phone. Is Just there, no, I to, like try that. to bro- throw him off guard a, a little. Is there any inside
1: jokes with him or anything?
0: Uh, any, anything that I wouldn't understand that you two I'll, have? Like, I'll try to think of if there's no? anything too appropriate uh, right. for the air.
1: He's got 40,000 followers. His name's Chris Cotillo. He is the MLB reporter, insider at SB Nation, and he's the site manager at... MLB Daily Dish. He's a UNC 2018 graduate. Um, is that you as well? Are you 2018? Yeah. So you same guys will yeah, graduate. All, all graduating time. together. Tasha as well. As will be. That's a name of a more iconic trio. I'll wait. My favorite <laughs> caption on Instagram that I used last night as well. And I use it probably too much. And I got called out for it. Because my friend from California visited this girl, they had a picture of the three of them, and I used that caption. They saw it last night, and they said, Wow, I thought that was only for us. (laughs) I'm like, wow, you don't know me then. I use that way too much. That is a good caption. Um, We'll also have tomorrow on the show Julie Donaldson. Now, Julie Donaldson's interesting because I knew her from SNY. The inception of SNY in 2006, if you don't know SNY, it's the Mets TV network, and she was the Mets reporter. I mean, Sports Night reporter. She was there when they celebrated getting to the playoffs. I mean, they didn't get to the World Series. They became basically a gapper away from Carlos Belchon. If anything in the gap, probably would have scored all three and they win the game. Um, She will join us. She was also Miss Florida USA in 2001, so she is pretty easy on the eyes. And now she is – it's weird because Wikipedia has her age, and it says 38 to 39. They don't have her birthday. (laughs) So Wikipedia's got to get some work done. They don't even have the exact – I mean, I guess she's not super famous, so it, it, I, in that, I guess that makes in that Beltran, sense. And that Beltrand
0: not bad? He took some good swings, though, right? You know what? That was a good pitch, man. And <laughs> I,
1: I can't fault. I mean, you got to swing in it, but that was a nasty curve. It that was. was like a 12 6 curve. Too. It was,
0: but to look at all three in a row is good. I know, I know.
1: Julie Donaldson, Jay Donaldson, CSN. She'll join us tomorrow. She's an anchor at CSN MA, which is not Massachusetts, it's Mid Atlantic. She's a former Gator. Justin McMahon is here the Jake Brown Show. Follow him on Twitter at Justin McMahon. Uh, We talked some stuff. The trades, before we we call them, I think we can all agree the Dodgers were the big winner here. You get you, Darvish, and I think you in the National League is going to be better, especially in that division, playing some weaker opponents. Um, I think he's going to have a – I mean, I shouldn't
0: say he needs to – it's not a word, but rejuvenation. He shouldn't need it, but he just has the stuff to still be you, Darvish. You know what I like about him going to the National League is that he's such a good strikeout pitcher Mm -hmm. that it makes the opposing pitcher – an automatic out. Yeah, and that's I mean, he's not the, H. H. That's not necessarily the case. If you're talking a contact, a guy who pitches to contact, mm-hmm. he's not always going to get the pitcher out. Yeah. If the pitcher puts the ball in play, it could always go for a hit. You never know. But with you, I think he strikes out the opposing pitcher almost every time. Therefore, you use the intentional walk. You don't even have to bother pitching anymore. You use the intentional walk on the eight guy. Strike out the nine. That's a stopper in any lineup. So that should help him a lot. Um, let's call him, shall All we? right, let's All do right.
1: it. Singrani Watson... Darvish, Yankees, Gray, Keneal, Robertson, Frazier, Garcia, Garcia, and Cooper, the first baseman. So the Yankees had quite the July as well. We'll talk with Chris who the winners and the losers were as we are eight weeks away from the season. Ahmed Rosario made his debut We'll see if a couple of those Mets could go at the waiver deadline at August 31st. Chris will break it all down next right here on the Jake Brown Show with Jake Brown and Justin Batman Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it
2: at play.it.
1: And we're back on the Jake Brown Show with uh, guest co-host for this one, uh, Justin McMahon, the UNC product. And his, he's got a classmate on the line, uh, which is this is a first in Jake Brown Show history where we have two college classmates on the line. One is a pretty successful fantasy player and better. And uh, the other is a pretty successful writer and baseball reporter. It's Chris, not Katillo. The L's are not silent. He's is, not Spanish. It is Chris Catillo from SB Nation and MLB Daily Dish. Uh, Chris, appreciate you coming on, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I know you had a uh, busy Monday with the trades and everything going on. And before we talk some smack and UNC and you and Justin talk, I, I want to just confirm this whole little, because I'm a big beef guy and I, I see you and Jeff Passan are passing going at it. Are you guys friendly or is that real beef?
2: No, we're, we're actually friendly. It's, I, you know, I hate to say that, but oh, he's, he's, uh, a I guy excited. who I've, 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 known since I broke into the industry a few years ago, and we've, uh, gone back and forth. I think for me, it's like Jeff is a guy who has kind of the same brand of humor, so we go at it all the time, and sometimes he, he hits me pretty hard, like the other day with his tweet about, you know, I haven't broken news in a while, and then he backs it up by breaking the return for Gray and the return for Darvish, and, and I'm over here trying to get table scraps, but, you know, it's, uh, he's, He's he's a very interesting character on Twitter. He decided to go after Doug Gottlieb yesterday and not me, so that was a nice nice changeup.
1: Yeah, well, I don't mind anyone going on against Gottlieb because he could be at times. I mean, I've worked with him. He could be, I'll just say, he could be a douche at times. Um, but p- passing that thing was amazing. I mean, he he was. He was coming at you, and I'm, I'm glad to know he's friendly because he was he was thro- trying to throw some L's out there, as as they say in
2: 2017.
0: The nice, thing about, the nice thing about Chris is when people throw out hands at Chris, it usually goes right over him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I will turn this call off right now. <laughs> is
1: is that like between writers? Now you've been. When did he start? Because you're young, and you started what at 13, 14.
2: No, I started when I was like 17 or 18, and then I got hired by SB Nation, and the end of my junior year in high school, uh, just not really hired, just as like a, you know, no compensation, just doing whatever, and then signed on with them for a real job in like December of my senior year, so uh, yeah, it's been been like four years or more than that, and uh, it's been kind of a crazy ride since then.
1: A young mogul, as we call Michael Groen, we'll call Chris Cotillo and Justin McMahon. and uh, Passin—is it Passan or Passin? I, I can't pronounce this. It's Passin.
2: Passin. I hope, if you ever have him on and you call him Passan, he'll immediately hang up and never do your show again. That's a big thing with him.
1: I kind of want to do that now, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care enough. Where if he does, uh, hey, Mister Passan, stop yeah, talking shit to Chris <laughs> Catillo, and then you end the call. Uh, he said this should be this would be like being followed by a Chris Cotillo account that breaks news, and that had 316 likes just say. Just a shot uh, into the heart. That was a dagger, Chris. Um, you had a
0: you had a great tweet a couple of days ago uh, that I saw had quite a few thousand retweets. The uh, the Vila one.
2: Yeah, that was that was one of my one of my better you know stupid jokes on Twitter that has really uh, come up. Al the GM of the Tigers, ended up trading his son, and I said, you know, I know Theo Epstein and the Cubs are being aggressive, but it's crazy that they demanded first firstborn son in a trade. <laughs> oh, i see it now i know tells you. That's his, funny. His, i
0: can't believe his dad's traded him twice in like three years hasn't he chris
2: yeah he let him go as a free agent now he actually traded him in the middle of the year but i think he's always obviously a candidate to go back there every winter
1: i've seen you you've done a lot of winter meetings kind of stuff is that where when you have broken stories is that where it happens the most or what time of the year is it does it happen the most
2: yeah, I'm, I'm bigger in the off offseason. Uh, just, you know, it, it's just with free agents, it's a little easier to to try to get scoops and follow the process. With trades, it's a lot of GMs just are the ones really leaking stuff out, to be honest, and they're telling their guys that they've had relationships with for 30 years. That's Ken Rosenthal and John Heyman, um, you know, guys like Buster Olney. And so Jeff is a little younger than all of them, but obviously has some really good contacts too, and, and that's where you get that. And It's tough, obviously, breaking in and trying to break – those barriers down and try to get gms to respond to text when you know they have their guys in the offseason there's more people involved than uh with just trades in terms of free agent signings that's really where i've been able to get some good stuff and, and i like the offseason better because the trade deadline is just this crazy like three days and then it's over the offseason stuff can happen at all times over a two-month span and that's really you know in the middle of the night and you wake up and find out some big free agent signing happened and that's when i've been able to get a lot of my stuff i guess that's like the advantage of being the young kid on, on the, you know, baseball beat is Ken Rosenthal and these guys, they might be going to bed at like, you know, 11 or 12, but if something happens at two and I can hear about it, that's when I've actually been able to break some stuff.
1: Chris, maybe a couple of beers in the system at two, a couple of Bud Lights, you know.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, a couple.
2: Light, a couple
0: yeah. at 2 p.m. Um, <laughs> Chris, do you find it hard to do all this while also balancing your multiple girlfriends in FIMEU? You?
2: Yeah, no, that's... I, I I have uh, See, it's become recently joke, yeah. easier honestly you know it's become with the trade <laughs> deadline you get to really focus in and, and uh, you get to stay in, stay in your lane you know baseball first and, and, and once we get back to Chapel Hill though you know, I take my my yearly two month sabbatical where I don't do much for August and September because there's no trades and the weather's great so that'll be in a week that'll be good
1: I did not think a LeVar Ball t-shirt would have just been said stay in your lane is what he just said <laughs> um, yeah the the deadline Chris uh, I mean it's pretty overwhelming that the Dodgers are the big winners here despite you Darvish's career worst season I guess we could say um, getting Singrani and getting Watson I mean do we hand them the title now I mean or do we look at the Cubs, the Cubs are still in the picture they had, an, had a nice deadline and the Nationals get the bullpen help that they desperately needed when you look at the National League are the Dodgers the clear cut favorite or do you, do you think the Cubs and Nats are right there with
2: them yeah, I always. I mean, it's it's tough because you see everybody writing these winners and losers posts because they do really well traffic-wise on August 1st. But like, mm-hmm. you have to think in the baseball postseason, it's just it's a crazy you know, crapshoot of, of anything can happen. I think the biggest indicator for me is having three starters that can win a short divisional series and then uh, obviously propel you into the into the LCS and the World Series. I think when you look at those three clubs at full strength, which is a big question mark, especially with Washington right now, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Geo uh Arietta Lester and Quintana, and then with the dodgers uh obviously now Kershaw, if healthy darvish and and Wood with Hill as their fourth guy, I think you know rich hill is was probably the weakest three out of all those uh teams, and they really shored up that need. They have a lot of depth, but not that top heavy second guy behind Kershaw and that's kind of been a problem for them even- even you know when they had granke as that guy, so for me it's just it's a total total crap shoot until we get there, but at the same time, you know they're 40 and 6 in their last 46 games, and they have extreme balance. They now are even more balanced. They needed some lefties in the bullpen and got those guys, Tony Watson, Tony Singrani, as you mentioned. I think, you know, not the biggest names. They really wanted Britain. They really wanted Justin Wilson and Brad Hand, but the asking prices on those guys were too high. We're able to get Watson and um, Singrani for less and really be able to give up their top prospects to shore up that need in the rotation. So they're, they're definitely the favorite, but I really like the Nationals as well. It's a really balanced team throughout now that they have added those three relievers and do little and madison and now brandon Kinsler, which i thought was a really savvy kind of move right at the deadline where they didn't give up much kind of capitalizing on the twins need to sell him because the twins are suddenly out of contention i thought that was a great move the cubs obviously got a lot better too so in the national league it's it's really pretty much the races are decided i don't really believe in the brewers or the cardinals to, to do much in the central and And I think the wild card's pretty much settled, too, with Colorado and Arizona. So just play out the next two months, and then the fun, I guess, will start in October.
0: Chris, the Nationals and the Dodgers both really struggle to hit power pitching. If those two teams end up playing each other, do you think all those games go, like, 1-0, 2-1? Or do you think any of those teams are going to be able to hit? I mean, I think you go Kershaw, Strasburg, Kershaw Scherzer, Darvish Scherzer, any of those matchups, I can't imagine anybody scoring any runs.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, and and that's when I'll get the text at, at, like, for an 8 o'clock game, you tell me to bet the under, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to put my career on the line and that whole thing, so um, I just, yeah, it's... it's.
0: Now it's, I text Jake instead of you. Yeah,
2: and then um, I lose. Uh, right. Yeah. Don't take his advice. Um, but, no, those will be low-scoring games. You've seen that in the postseason before. That's, but then again, you know, you see Kershaw has not been himself in the postseason historically. David Price, even in Cy Young years, has been terrible in the postseason, so there's it's it's really... Actually, more of a crapshoot than the playoffs and the rest of sports, and I think that's what makes it so interesting. That's why I think it's really, really insane to me that there's it's a five-game series at the beginning because you could be, you know, the Dodgers could just get cold for three games and be out. Think about three games over the course of 162; it means nothing, but it it can be the difference in your season. And and these wild card teams having to play that one game is even crazier. Those pitching matchups are, are obviously always great, but it's been um the national league is to be settled on like august 1st kind of makes things boring for a couple months um obviously
1: do you look uh i'm a mets fan um and i'm sorry yeah i know it's it's been a rough life but they don't trade granderson they don't trade cabrera they don't trade bruce and i i am the mets i don't touch bruce because you'll get a pick if he doesn't come back and in the offseason you don't trade him because the the pick you're going to get in return is probably going to be better than anything you get in a trade for a six week rental. But do you look at the Mets maybe being able to get something here in August in the waiver deadline for Cabrera and for um, Granderson?
2: You know, I think that's really interesting to me because if you look at actually what happened this trade deadline season, I think there was like forty something trades, and if you. It really goes through them. It's all Probably uh, seven, yeah, seven position players that were actually dealt, like mm-hmm. seven legitimate guys due to being one. But JD Martinez, after JD Martinez, the value for uh, position players was almost zero. Eduardo Nunez, Lucas Duda, Howie Kendrick, some guys that were all rentals and, and really, you know, just kind of complementary pieces. Last year at the deadline, we had Luke Roy, Beltran, and Bruce all move, and those were really like guys that a lot of teams ran on. This year. They saw, I think, what, what Detroit was able to get back for JD Martinez and were not impressed by it. Nobody really was. Three kind of low level infielders and thought it's probably not going to be worth the pick, as you mentioned. I think, in terms of uh, August guys with uh, Drupal Cabrera, the interesting thing that I was hearing, you know, some teams did have interest in him. Cleveland, some other clubs, and those clubs at the end were believing. The Mets might hold on to him and look at him as a legitimate option to play third next year. Now, he's obviously been kind of, you know, angry with the Mets with this whole um, position switch and demanded a trade in June, and the things seem to have cooled off a little bit as he's moved over to third. You have, obviously, injury concerns with Wright that will never go away if he ever comes back, and then um, with T.J. Rivera now possibly going under the knife for Tommy John surgery – Reyes, you don't know if he'll be back and, and stuff like that. So Cabrera they're looking at as a potential option to actually play third for them, which means they might not want to trade him. Granderson is that classic August trade candidate, will probably clear waivers because of the salary. Uh, There's a little bit of interest for Milwaukee and some other teams. But, yeah, if anybody, it would be Granderson. Uh, Cabrera could stay, and Bruce, I think, as you mentioned, is a candidate for uh, getting that qualifying offer and getting a pick out of it.
0: Chris, are there any teams that you think could make a surprise run at a wild card spot in either division I think you said the National League is kind of locked up I, I tend to agree with you there uh, although I don't think Arizona is a very legitimate team I could see someone making a run uh, I don't know who would be though but more likely I think it would come from the American League do you see a team like Baltimore LA uh, as the an Angels or Tampa Bay do you see any of them making a run and taking the spot from KC or New York
2: but, yeah, I think, you know, Tampa Bay is pretty legit. Uh, they, they did a lot at the deadline for the first time in their history. They, they have always been deadline sellers or done nothing, which is, I guess, sometimes the constraints of a small market team. And they've always had those pitchers to sell, whether it be, you know, Garza or uh, eventually David Price. And, and you've heard them with rumors. Last year they traded Matt Moore, but rumors with Archer and Odorizzi and those guys now. They went out and they got Lucas Duda, Steve Ciszek, Dan Jennings, Sergio Romo. Uh, Adini Hechevarillo from the Marlins, like all these guys that are a lot of them uh, controllable and some rentals and really shored up that that bullpen. And with Duda, a good addition, he's been, I think, hitting a home, couple home runs already for them. So Tampa Bay is, is actually pretty scary. A lot of people haven't given them credit with the Yankees and Kansas City in those spots now. Uh, Kansas City also an aggressive buyer at the deadline the yankees we obviously saw what they did so i think there's a lot of teams in the mix the orioles had a really weird deadline the weirdest mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. uh you know being buyers when we thought they'd be sellers the angels didn't do much and the twins waved the white flag as did the, the Rangers. so um you know it's really for the wild card spots now it's probably those those top six teams uh kansas city and the yankees and then seattle tampa baltimore and the angels the Angels and Baltimore, as franchises, are in really, really bad spots just because of weak farm systems and some mismanagement there. But but Tampa Bay is my team that I would pick uh, as a surprise candidate there.
1: What about Houston? Houston obviously didn't do anything, but uh, they're cruising with the division and they look like this, the favorite in the AL. Um, Gunning gun your head now, who do you think is the favorite come playoff time? Chris, did you hear what Keikel said?
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say that. I think you know it's. What did he say? Really, he
0: said he was disappointed in the management for not making any moves, getting any more wow, pieces, taking shots.
2: Yeah, he said he said I'm not going to lie, but disappointing would be a bit of an understatement. And that's a really you know interesting um, quote. That's not something you get in a baseball clubhouse every day. For me, Houston was really in on everybody. They were in on Gray. They tried on Darvish, and it just kind of came down to uh, a bunch of different circumstances that ruined things for them. The Texas Rangers didn't want to deal in division. They didn't want to deal with a the team they have a rivalry with in-state and Houston. Um, on gray, the Yankees just kind of established they were going to be the team, and it just came down to which of these great pieces do you have that you're willing to offer, and that, that was kind of settled. And then on the relievers, it, the Astros had a big deal done, and pending ownership review and medicals right at the finish line on deadline day, and it fell apart right at the last minute. My guess on that, unconfirmed, but just speculated, would be it was Zach Britton from the Orioles Obviously, you know the Orioles have had a lot of deals canceled for a variety of reasons over the years, whether that's medicals or a meddling owner. Uh, and so I think that that probably was close, and and that's really really tough. You know, players don't necessarily understand the inner workings of the front office, and I do get kind of frustration when you know, every contender gets better, and you get Francisco Liriano. That's what Justin absolutely hates. I think you're looking at.
0: I think they actually got worse. I forgot they got
2: Larry. <laughs> they they you know it's it's tough to for a player to understand what's going on in the front office. But their guys were trying to make this move all day. They said, all right, we're going to focus in on whoever it was, get to the finish line, exchange names, think this is going to be our big move, finish it, and have it just, you know, the other side either pull out for whatever whatever reason or the medicals fall apart at the last second. And when you're spending that much time, the other options are already in motion. Justin Wilson, let's say it was Britton. Justin Wilson's already a Cub. Padres already decided – they're holding Brad Hand. The Dodgers are going for Watson and, and the Red Sox have gotten Reed. All these relievers are already off the board and you're sitting there saying, oh my God, we just had this guy done and now it's 358 and all we have to show is Francisco Lariano. So that, that happens a lot. I think, you know, it's tough to look at the Astros right now because they're very incomplete. Keuchel hasn't been uh, around, and then he was bad when he got back. McCullers on the DL. Correa, Springer—that's really you know the core of their team. Uh, I think they're just trusting that once those guys get back and they're fully healthy, they can coast here. They'll obviously be in the playoffs with a 15-game lead. But get to October, and then you know Keuchel and McCullers is a strong one-two punch. You Whoever's know, pitching the best for them at that point will slide into the number three. I think
0: it won't uh, be Liriano. No,
2: <laughs> no, it won't be. He's, he's going to be in the bullpen. I think for me, this is probably you know. I, I really am not a Red Sox fan anymore, but I live 30 minutes away from Fenway and, and watch a lot of games. I just think you know that they're, they're 10 games over 500, half a game up in the division, and they have completely underperformed all season. I you haven't agree. seen that team at its best, other than Sale and Kimbrell for the most part, um, all season long. And I think you're seeing in the last week the offense starts to get ignited a little bit. Devers and, and Nunez, the two new additions, um, who were, you know, kind of redundant. Both guys could play third, but in a trade and a call-up, both of those guys have been on fire since they got there. Last night was a game that this Red Sox team has not been able to win before. The sale gives up five runs early. Kimbrell blows blows it in the ninth, and the team still is able to rally around and win 12-10, and what I think, you know, is the game of the year so far in Major League Baseball. So the Red Sox are really dangerous, especially if you go into the postseason with that three-headed monster, if healthy, if pitching the way they can, of Sale, Price, and Porcello, and then the game's really shortened for them. Obviously, Kimbrell in the back end, but Addison Reed, um, hmm. Mets, le- Mets legend, and Joe Kelly there in the back, I think. They're they're pretty dangerous.
1: And Reed, I think a guy who will hopefully come back to the Mets in the offseason, a smart deal. For them, and I agree with you. I've been on board with the Red Sox all year. David Price just has to stop acting like a little bitch. Um, once he does that, they'll be fine. Uh, but the, that rotation, now that I mean, when you have Reed and Kimber to close a game, you're in pretty damn good shape. Uh, Reed put up ridiculous numbers with the Mets over the two and a half years he was there. We got to wrap it up, Chris, but uh, any a big kegger coming back uh, when you guys get back to UNC soon.
2: That's up to Justin. We, know, we, we've cool got one, the yeah.
1: we got the Mayweather fight night. That'll be fun. Yeah, we
2: got the Mayweather Fight Night party. That's that's the
1: next one. All right, Chris Cotillo. Uh check him out on Twitter at Chris Catillo and S B Nation and MLB Daily Dish. Chris, it's good talking to you and I'm sure I'm sure I'll see you guys at a kegger <laughs> at uh in you at Chapel Hill sometime.
2: Sounds good. You're, You're always
1: All right, welcome. man. Take care.